Welcome into A to Z Sports Prime Time, not from the Superbook Sports Studios, but from my hotel room in Buffalo, New York. Proud as always, though, to be presented to you by the fine folks at Superbook Sports. Whether you wagered on today's NFL slate or whether you are betting the Titans and the Bills on Monday night, Superbook Sports is your place to go. They'll match your first bet up to $1,000, no matter if the bet wins or loses, superbook.com for terms and conditions. The Ashton Real Estate Group of REMAX Advantage, GaryAshton.com. That's where you go for your dream address. Without the stress, the Ashton team will put you in a position to succeed with the Intel Edge. Just go to GaryAshton.com. TrueMav Fitness, a new way to work out getting me to my goal, 200 by Super Bowl, although I did have some Buffalo Wings today. I will be honest with you. That may put me at 205 uh, by Super Bowl, but we'll see. I'm going to get as close as humanly possible with True Math Fitness, and you should as well. You can sign up for your first free class as a Nashville resident at TrueMathFitness.com. And Two Rivers Ford, the best car buying dealership in Middle Tennessee, and uh, in fact, the entire state of Tennessee, as far as I'm concerned. No interest, uh, well, a guaranteed interest rate when you custom order a 2023 model year Ford that I'll tell you about later on in the show at tworiversford.com. So, uh, a crazy day of NFL games across the board. We are going to talk about it at great length today. Uh, just for what it's worth, this is cur- courtesy of Ari Myrov at My Sports Update. The Jets were down 30 to 17 with 155 left in the game and one today over the Browns. The Dolphins were down 35-14 to 14 at the start of the fourth corner, playing Baltimore on the road, came back to win. The Cardinals were down 20 to nothing at halftime, and 23-7 to seven at the start of the fourth quarter, came back to win it in overtime uh, before Sunday night football gets ready to get going between the Packers and the Bears. I can't imagine that's going to be an interesting game, but we'll see because the NFL has been nuts today. Been absolutely crazy. But then, of course, is the craziest thing of all, which is, my God, the Indianapolis Colts going down to Jacksonville today and getting shut out 24 to nothing. The Colts have not won in Jacksonville since 2014. That is an insane stat by any stretch of the imagination, but especially when you think about how catastrophic their season ended um, with the in-season hard knocks, they're documenting the final game. The uh, the Colts lose to the Raiders at home in a game that they should well have won, but still have an opportunity to win and get in the playoffs should they just go down to Jacksonville and beat the two or one win at the time, Jags. They lose, of course, to Jacksonville, and we get the uh, famously funny clips of Jim Ursa in the locker room with his uh, Indiana Jones hat looking around like, what the hell just happened? Um, and there being subst- many, many different reports coming out of Indy this offseason about how upset Urs was just because they continue to lose to Jacksonville this way. So uh, Chris Fraser says Matt Ice instead of Matty Ice. Uh, Matt Ryan was horrendous. The, uh, the Colts offensive line played terribly. It is a really, really bad situation for Indianapolis, which, of course, bodes well for you. Now, I think this division is going to be messy, and the Colts being down 0-2 to start their season does help you uh, in your quest to win this division. But I want to start with this. What have you enjoyed most about the Colts' 0-2 start? Let me know in the comment section on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, 
and on Twitch because this was the this was the darling of the NFL offseason, right? It seems like it's always the case. Uh, Kenyatta says, careful, Buck. The Colts fans will come in here talking about their past dominance. Dominance. They're welcome to because they, I mean, all upon arrival, if they were to flex their dominance in any way, shape, or form, you would say, well, you're being dominated by a team that can't get off the schneid. What does that make you if you're supposed to be the dominant force? Two Rivers Ford, what have you, uh, Two Rivers Ford take rather, what have you most enjoyed about the Colts 0-2 start outside of just the losses for a division opponent? We will talk about this together right after I remind you about the people who make the Two Rivers Ford take possible. That, of course, is Two Rivers Ford, whether we are at home or on the road. Two Rivers Ford is always the best in the business. That's because their sales staff does not work on commission. That's because... They go above and beyond to make the customer service experience as great as humanly possible for you and something they achieve, by the way. They've won many, many awards for their customer service. Two Rivers Ford will also make you a guarantee. If you pre-order a 2023 model year Ford, an F-150, an Explorer like I have, a Bronco Sport, a Mustang, any of the 2023 model years, they will guarantee you a 29 percent APR rate if you qualify, which means you can start, you can order your car when you want and start paying whenever it arrives. That's the best thing about Two Rivers Ford. They'll also give you $500 bonus cash on your pre-order of your 2023 model year Ford. Guarantees, great rates to begin with, low prices, guaranteed cash, and a non-commissioned sales staff that goes above and beyond. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. So what's your favorite part about the Colts starting 0-2? Because, I mean, it was, it was, I almost felt, I, I I won't lie to you, I felt sad for Matt Ryan out there because I'm sure he came here, there was a piece written a couple of weeks ago, uh, really after they lost, uh, it, it debuted on ESPN.com. I don't think the timing of that was intentional. I just think that's when the editors decided to run the piece about Matt Ryan coming to Indianapolis in pursuit of a Super Bowl. And then you watch the results today, man, and it is just bad all over the place for him and really that team as a whole. Near the 40-yard line, Ryan to throw, pressure's coming, throws to the far sideline, it's intercepted! He kind of threw it up for grabs, and it was intercepted by Rayshon Jenkins. Uh, the Jaguars will have the football. Matt Ryan should know better than to loft a ball up like this into too high coverage. When there's two safeties back there, you gotta drive it. Big turnover for the Jaguars on the first series. I just realized, Reed, the Colts are not 0-2. They tied to start the season. I completely, I'm upset. I'm very upset with ourselves that we did not catch that. Uh, and of course, that is something that is an egregious error on our part, but still. Oh, one and one to start the season. Reed, if you could correct the tweet, uh, that would be greatly appreciated. So you are correct. Forgive us. That is something I, a loss feels as, or a tie feels as bad as a loss, but not in this division, given that they did tie the Texans. So thank you for correcting that. Uh, that is something, though, that is going to continue to linger in all of this. And as you look at the situation for Indianapolis and the terrible loss that they did take today, a shutout loss. As a matter of fact, uh, Colts prefer binary. Oh, one and one, says James Branham 
on YouTube. Yes, indeed, that is something that it seems they are destined to. Uh, no, that's okay, Buck, says Derek R. Continue calling them 0-2. No, that's just simply a mistake on our part, and we will make sure that we get that corrected. But the point being is that Titans fans are dancing on the grave, and I think I think the fact that Matt Ryan, who was coming in to really – push them over the top finally after all of these different things uh, that they have tried to do at quarterback have not worked between washed Phillip Rivers at the end of his career, Jacoby Brissett, obviously the Andrew Luck situation kind of spiraling the way that it did. There are so many different ways that Indy has tried to right the ship, but then you look at Matt Ryan's score uh, or box score, 16 of 30, 195 yards, three interceptions, and a quarterback rating of 34.0. Jonathan Taylor was ineffective. He did have a long run of 21, but he was 9 of 54 beyond that. They could do nothing on the ground. Um, their, their top receivers were out in this game because Alec Pierce, the rookie, did not play, and Michael Pittman was also scratched. Remember that Shaq, a.k.a. Darius Leonard, was not available to them either, so their defense is clearly struggling. Trevor Lawrence, though, on the opposite side of things, looked great. And honestly, I think I think the Jags so far, even though the Jags uh, the Jags have lost um, the Jags have lost their season opener. I think the Jags are probably the biggest threat in the division this year, even though they have less of a track record, obviously, than the Titans. I just look at their schedule. I look at them, you know, the Titans playing a first place schedule. I look at the Titans and how they're going to attempt to not go 0 and 2 at this point against the Bills and how much is working against them. Plus, what's already happened to the Colts. I think the Jags are, should be sneaky, uh, sneaky, interesting to look at and see if they can make a uh, make a run at this division. Uh, Taylor only having five carries after the first half is criminal says Orlando Jones. But again, it's not, I mean, I think that's something that people get, I think that's something that people get caught up, um, uh, people get caught up in with with running backs. It's just, it's just not feasible when you're trailing that way. Your running backs, Jonathan Taylor, Derrick Henry, um, Aaron Jones, as I watch the Packers get ready to take the field, they are the closers. If you have great rushing statistics, it's because you've been in control of the game and you are trying to kill the clock and you are trying to manage that. To to win the game is not you're not going to do that on the running back. If you do, you have greater issues. So I would say to you that the Colts are fundamentally flawed, but thought they were getting a better situation at quarterback. Obviously, that has not been the case for as bad as the uh, f- but for as bad as the. Uh, Carson Wentz experience did go at the end of the year. Uh, Ian Talley says, slow your roll, Buck. Jags will probably win about three to five games this season. I Listen, I, I think you guys are sleeping on them, and understandably so, like they've been miserable the last couple of years. Um, but I just, I don't know. I think I think the Jags should be kept, uh, have an eye kept on them throughout the course of the season because I do think that they are. I've, I've enjoyed watching them so far, even as they lost their first game to the terrible Washington football commander skins team. Um, I think that there's a lot to uh, I think there's a lot to like about that. Uh, I think that uh, I think that there. And, but anyway, we don't have to get bogged down in that. Point being, like to see that the the thing that has shocked me about the Colts' o one and one start is just how bad Matt Ryan looks. Um, and I think that's unfortunate because I thought it was going to be a more competitive division. Um, I think that it is still going to be a competitively ugly division. Uh, 
I don't think there should be like the Jags are obviously leading at this point one and one, but I think that I think that this is going to continue. They're just basically going to continue to to uh, to what's the word I'm looking for to cannibalize themselves within this division before somebody finally gets burped out as the winner. Uh, Chris Frazier says Jags winning seven to eight games. I would I would take if you if you gave me six and a half games for the Jags, I would take the over. I would. And I think that an eight and nine division champion is entirely possible because I don't think these players or this division, these teams at this point are very, if there's one clearly and obviously best one at this point. Now we'll see what happens with the Titans against the Bills on Monday night, and it will be interesting. But at this point, um, at this point, Houston does not look bad. They don't look great, but they don't look bad. Jacksonville doesn't look great, but they don't look bad. The Titans don't look bad, but they're not great either, obviously. And Indy is a bit of a shit show. So I think that uh, I think that all of these different things, uh, I think that all of these different things as we continue to go along are worth watching. But the most interesting thing, my favorite part of it is that this division is clearly going to be sloppy um, and that it's going to keep, you know, it's going to be competitive the whole way through all four of these teams, because I think uh, I think they are a lot closer to one another than a Titans fan or a Colts fan or uh, may want to think at this point, given that it was projected to be a two-team division race. Stephen Massey says that's an odd take, considering the Titans can still be really good. Um, well, let's talk about that. Let's let's talk about can the Titans still be really good and what your definition of really good is? Because I'm I'm willing I'm willing to go through that with you. We'll talk about it together on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. Right after I tell you about TrueMav Fitness, where you need to go as a Middle Tennessean to get your fitness journey started. TrueMav Fitness is such a fun new way to work uh, to work out and to achieve your fitness goals. This is something that I've been trying uh, recently over the last couple of weeks. I had my first boot camp styles, about 45 minutes. No workout is ever going to be repeated or recycled, so you continue to keep your body adapting to the goals and to the challenges that the instructors put in front of you. Classes are uh, available for you, which I really enjoy. Or if you're somebody who likes to work out at their own pace, they also have their open gym concept. If you are somebody who needs a little more personal attention, one-on-one personal training is offered as well. Memberships start at 160 months or at 160 a month for unlimited classes as well as access to the open gym. It's in the Gulch. It's in a great location, and the classes are for any level of fitness experience. Your first class is free for Nashville residents. And find out more information about TrueMathFitness.com. I'm looking forward to. I've been away from home for a while. I went to flew to Detroit on Friday for a wedding. Flew to Buffalo what this morning uh, to make sure that I was here for the game on Monday night. So I'm looking forward to uh, getting back in a routine once I get back home with TrueMath uh, because I have certainly been feeling the amount of buffalo wings that I did eat today. By the way, they are exceptional here. If anybody was wondering, no free ads, but goodness. Uh, it is, there really is a difference. So can the Titans be quote unquote, really good? That's the question. Um, I think that, uh, I think that you have to, you have to, so define to me what, uh, define to me what really good is Shannon Albrecht says nine and seven wins the AFC South. Well, it's not nine and seven anymore, right? The math changed. It's, it's nine and eight or eight and nine. If they're going to make uh, if a division winner was to make the playoffs as a under 500 team, because there are now 17 games 
in the regular season. Um, so I think I think that for all of these, for it's week two, it says uh, ABN Texas, and I think that's fine. Uh, it, but for conversation's sake, I think it's interesting. Can the Titans be really, really good? Um, you know, I think that depends on. I think that depends a lot on Derek, right? Like how how much can Derek continue to be above and beyond different? Um, he was outplayed by Saquon Barkley uh, by by any stretch of the imagination. He was outplayed by Saquon Barkley last week. Saquon Barkley had the Derrick Henry game. He was north of 160 yards. They had 238 rushing yards total. Explosive plays in the running game, which is something that the Titans have always had with Derrick. And we've only had the one-game sample size of Derrick, so we'll see how he rebounds against a much, much better defensive front for what it's worth, but a team who Derrick has had success uh, against and created explosive plays against. I think, you know, I feel largely good about Tannehill. Um, certainly watching Matt Ryan the last two weeks has made me feel that Tannehill is still the best quarterback in the division, even if Trevor Lawrence is starting to come on in ways that are exciting. If you are if you enjoy good for, uh, good quarterback play, if you're a Titans fan, you probably hate that. But I think, uh, I think that for all these different things, um, Mark Jones, again, who is our, our biggest and best and brightest of the homers, the Titans are the clear... I think he means to say clear, they're clear and obvious best one. I don't think that's true. Um, I do think they look better than they did look better than the Colts. I don't think they've looked substantially better than the Jags or the Texans. I think there's some things to like. I think that their top level players are better than the Jags and the Texans, certainly, but it's not just about individual performances, right? It needs team, it requires team effort, team cohesion. Um, Jeff Simmons can continue to wreck a game. And the Titans can still lose by a point because Randy Bullock misses a full field goal. Now, the Cowboys won the game that the Titans should have won tonight with the way that they drove down in the two-minute uh, with their backup quarterback and their, the difference being their field goal kicker made the kick and uh, Randy Bullock missed the kick. It's not that it, there was that big a difference between the Giants, who are now 2-0, and and the Titans, who are 0-1. But I think, uh, you know, I think, obviously, that the biggest advantage that the Titans have had historically in this era has been Derrick Henry. Um, but, and we'll see how that goes. One game is, is too small a sample size to judge what Derrick's going to be this year, but I do need, I think I, I need to see more from him. You need to see more from him. They need to see more from him for them to be legitimately special. Uh, if they're going to be, because they're not right now, like they're just another one of these teams. They're competitive teams, but like even the bad teams are competitive now, right? Giants have been competitive. The Jets and Browns were competitive today. Um, you looked at the Jags and the Texans. They have been competitive, even if they're not undefeated. By the way, there's only three undefeated teams left. We're in week two, and only three undefeated teams remain, and one of them is, uh, has still only played one game in the Bills. The Bills, the Chiefs, and the Dolphins are the only undefeated teams in the AFC right now. So for the most part, it's not. it's okay to say that they're not special, but they're competitive. And I think that's the most realistic look at the Titans right now. Um, Philan says we can buck, but got to get rid of Todd because his play calling is not good right now. I think, I really think the Todd Downing, like, I do think they're, I think they are predictable. Um, I do think they're absolutely predictable, uh, which is a problem. They cannot be predictable, especially if they're going to come out and continue to stop, uh, stop the rushing attack the way that they, that New York, for example, pretty successfully did last week. Um, so the predictability is something that you need to improve upon. But I think on the whole, like the I think on the whole, 
the play calling situation, I, I really do think it's it's over it's overblown when there's when there are other issues too that may keep the Titans from you know achieving at the highest level, which is, of course is the Super Bowl. Uh, but she says, I think the Titans overlooked the Giants to open the playbook against Buffalo. Titans will win. I think that's again super homerific, um, and that's fine. Like you, you guys are entitled to think any way you want. the The Titans, the, the Titans exist to win games that they have no business winning. Uh, they exist to lose games that they should not, by any stretch of the imagination, lose. But uh, I don't think that to say that they open to they they just kind of said, ah, you know what? We'll we'll take a mulligan on. On week one, we're not worried about this. We didn't show them everything we got when the whole thing that everything everybody's been bitching about all week long, myself included, is the fact that they did get creative with their playbook. They did do Derrick Henry Wildcat stuff. They did give the ball. Um, uh, they did give the ball to Chigakonkwo on the third and one play call. All these different things are so. So you can't you can't say that they're you know they're saving their best plays for the Bills when they you know you saw that they needed. A little bit of juice in the uh, in the Giants game to be able to continue to hold that lead, and they blew it. Their their execution was not there. The play calling was uh, interesting, to uh, was interesting to say the least at this point. But right now, I think that you kind of continue to look at this, and and we'll see we'll see how much uh, we'll see how much they can we'll see how much they uh, how much more or closer to the level of competition that the Bills provide. How close to that competition they do play? Because I, you know, you can't count them out. They're physically in the game, even if they're ten point underdogs. Like you can, you, you can't count them out of a game. But also, you know, if I mean, if you're looking at this on face value, which of course football games aren't played on face value. If they were, the Raiders would have won easily today. The Jets would have won easily today, and the, uh, or rather, the Browns would have won easily today, and the uh, Ravens would have won easily today. And that's just not the case at this point. Um, let's talk, uh, though, about something that I know you guys are going to enjoy here on A to Z Sports Primetime, uh, not from the Superbook Sports Studios, but on the road live from Buffalo. Who was most loud wrong about the Colts this season? Let me know, because there have been a lot of people on the Colts jock, and I'm listen, I'm not absolving myself from this. I thought that the Colts were going to be a better team than they were. Uh, let us talk about this on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and on Twitch. Who was most loud wrong about the Colts this season? Uh, Mark Jones says, 24 hours later after a Titans win, Buck's tone will change. No, I mean, you guys know I don't. I don't. It's uh, it's the oldest football cliche in the book. I don't get too high about these things. I don't get too low about these things. Like, I look at it. I analyze the results as best I'm able. I talk to the people um, who are involved in it, and I kind of, you know, I make my determination off that. My tone's not going to change drastically. I've just told you that they're probably going to go out there and, and be hugely competitive in a game. Um, I think they're a competitive football team. But beyond that, you know, I don't I I, I look forward to seeing look forward to seeing if Derek uh, Derek has a few more just otherworldly perform performances in them. But you know, I want to continue to see how this season progresses. There's it's gonna take more than one win against an AFC opponent for, for me to change my tone. Uh Derek R says, name a national media source as to who was most, who they've enjoyed seeing be most loud wrong about the Colts this year. Uh, I will tell you who was most loud wrong locally about the Colts this year, right after I tell you about the place that you need to get involved with as a locally owned and operated business, the Ashton Real Estate Group of REMAX Advantage. The number one REMAX team, not just in Nashville, not just in Middle Tennessee, not just in the state, not just in the Southeast. The Ashton team 
is the number one REMAX team in the world. They will get you the intel edge you need to succeed. We're talking football intel tonight. We're talking misguided intel and how wildly it can lead people astray when you're taking all the same information and the group think that comes, and then you end up picking the Colts to win the AFC South. You can do better. You can get the intel edge that you need to succeed at GaryAshton.com with the official real estate agent of the Nashville Predators and A to Z Sports Primetime, as well as the radio show, which will be live from Buffalo tomorrow as well. GaryAshton.com is where you go. So, who's been most loud wrong about the Titans at this point? Uh, Let's see, or rather about the Colts at this point. Um, AE says, oh God, Orlovsky is the worst. I'm muting the game and listening to Mike Keith. Oh yeah, that's right. Dan Orlovsky is calling the game tomorrow. Uh, William Jones says ESPN and the NFL Network. By the way, I think Dan's really good. Um, you may not like what he has to say about your football team, but you know, I mean, you'll get over that because if he does a good job on the game, Kenneth Davison says definitely Orlovsky said the same last year with Wentz, and he was loud wrong about that. You are absolutely correct. The Good Morning Football hosts, including former Titans Jason uh, Titan Jason McCourty, were kissing the Colts' butt all off season long. Says Ian Talley. Um, well, I think, uh, I think there is a situation where you look at, uh, locally, nationally, and all the different people talking about the Colts and you say, well, uh, is anybody getting off the hook that shouldn't be let off the hook? And the answer is, uh, yeah, I shouldn't be let off the hook because I thought the Colts were going to be better than the Titans this year. But if you, if you pressed me on it, who would I favor in the AFC South right now? You would force me to make a pick based off quarterback. And if you made me make a pick based off quarterback, I would take Matt Ryan at this stage over Ryan Tannehill. Now, that's not the way to do it. But Blaine, I've talked to Blaine about this plenty, about how he looks as a defensive player at a schedule. And he's not looking at necessarily what the team did last year. He's looking at the quarterbacks. And I just, something about Matt Ryan with an improved situation makes me feel worse about the Titans' circumstance having to play them the Jags and Houston twice a year while still trying to maintain their place atop the division. It says, that's why I said bite the bullet. Listen, uh, you guys know that anytime I'm loud wrong, I am happy to put it in front of you for us to make fun of me because I make fun of plenty of people. Why should I be uh, absolved from being uh, being harassed about what I say? Because I was wrong. I was wrong about the Colts. I th- I knew their offensive line had problems, and they're clearly like living off their name brand from the last couple of years because their tackle situation is really bad. Um, but I did not think Matt Ryan would look this washed so quickly. This washed so quickly. Uh, Roy says you're always a Colts homer. We overlook it. I, listen, I'm I do I do think this year I have been more prone to the Colts than in any other year. Um, real, or at least in any other year since Tannehill took over, right? Which is really only the last two seasons, two full seasons uh, outside of 2019. Beyond that, I mean, I've thought that the Titans should be the best team in the division in the last couple of years, and uh, and this year I felt differently. There, I don't think, I don't, I think they are a competitive football team. That is what I think of the Titans. What I expected of the Colts is to be a competitive football team with a better quarterback than the Titans have. And that has simply not been the case. Now, we'll see what happens. Um, you know, I think there's uh, I think there's it can it can go 
it can become a much more interesting conversation should the Titans lose tomorrow. Uh, obviously, you guys don't want that to be the result, but there is a significant chance that they go into Buffalo, or, or they've already they already flew in this uh, this afternoon, but that they arrive at the stadium tomorrow and the Bills put it on them, and we're having a much different discussion about, okay, who can be the king of the trash heap in the AFC South, which is typically how this division goes. Um, but I think, I think the larger story here is I've never been a fan of Chris Ballard, but I thought that they did well to put get, uh, and Chris Ballard, for those of you who are unfamiliar is the GM of the Colts. I've never been an overwhelming fan of Chris Ballard, but I thought, okay, you know, like I think, I think Matt Ryan makes them a better football team and I like their wide receiver core. Uh, now their wide receivers didn't play today and their offensive line was terrible. And Matt Ryan looked, I mean, looked horrendous, horrendous. Uh, in in this game with Jacksonville, and by the way, Jacksonville's young pass rushers, Josh Allen and uh, uh, oh, I'm blanking on the other guy's name, who was very very active today. But I thought I thought he made I thought his life was made miserable by how well Jacksonville did getting pressure off the edge. I think it's still going to be sloppy. Um, so tomorrow matters in a massive way for the Titans to be able to uh for, for the Titans to be able to move on and try and take hold of this division because if I'm not mistaken Houston also lost 16 to 9 at Denver today so Houston's still without a win Jacksonville the only team in the division with a win so by uh by uh, by default they are, well not by default they won a game uh they are at the top of the division it is a shit uh it is a shitty division it is the worst division in football, but somebody still has to win it at the end of the day. So why not your team? We will see how these things go. Uh, all right, let's. Uh, oh well, I uh, I have to say to you that I'm going to eat a lot more crow for three hours from ten to one on the radio show tomorrow, when we'll break down Titans and Bills at a lot greater length. And it's going to be a fun radio show, by the way. Ian Harditz of Pro Football Focus. We're going to have Kalen Kaler. She wrote a great piece on how much better Mike Vrabel is at situational. Uh, rule uh, usage of the rule book in game than any other coach in the sport. I think you'll enjoy that. And we will also uh, we will also have Maddie Glab, who's the Bills uh, uh, team reporter and who does a really really good job. She used to work for the Vol Network, as a matter of fact, uh, and went to the University of Tennessee. So we may we may talk about how badly the Vols kicked Akron's ass as well with Maddie. It'd be a lot of fun from ten to one, and we'll do it live from the Cumulus affiliate here in Buffalo, New York. Uh, okay, so let's do this as a free site and move on with the day because there was a lot of ridiculous things happening in the NFL today all over the place, but this is a free site. The best thing that I saw on the internet this week, the question I have to ask you is this, who had the better call of a football game? Robert Griffin III, who described a touchdown celebration as an orgy in the end zone, or Mark Sanchez, who today on the call of an NFL game made a porn reference. If you haven't heard either of these things, I'm going to play them both for you, but we'll talk about them together right after I remind you about the place that you need to go to get in on all the action. That is Superbook Sports. Superbook Sports is the newest sportsbook app to go live in the state of Tennessee. They offer you tremendous odds and great values, odds boosts as well for you to get in on all the action. Not only can you bet on football, but you can wager on every other major sport in the Superbook Sports app. You can bring Vegas to the palm of your hand with their clean and easy-to-use app. Make your first bet, and they'll match it up to $1,000 no matter if the bet wins or loses. Superbook.com is where you go for terms and conditions. 
gambling problem, call the Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-889-9789. So, who had the uh, the funnier call in the booth? T-Town Brown says, them boys horny in the booth. Yeah, somebody, I think both of them deserved a bonk. You seen the the meme on uh, on social media for a lot of you who are on Twitter? The uh, the bonk, the horny bonk. Uh, it was going on in a couple of different football booths in the last couple of weeks. Aubrey Calvin says Mark Sanchez, but he tried to clean it up. Yeah, I think he got scared. <laughs> I think he got a little scared to make the porn reference that he was getting ready to make. Now, RG3 was not scared. He went head first into it. But first, let's start with Mark Sanchez today. I mean, Shelton's cleared out defenders faster than a teenager clears his search history on his web browser. Holy smokes. He's clearing out defenders faster than a teenager clears out his search history on his browser. So obviously making reference to uh, to a teenager who is looking up some illicit things that they should not be looking up for the first time. That, okay, you know, funny joke. He's probably been sitting on that one for a while. I still thought it was, you know, listen, I think if you're going to have some fun in the booth, I'm about it. I think that marks more porn references, Mark Sanchez, as many as Fox will allow you to make. Uh, but RG3, RG3 was not scared. RG3 went full throws into the breach in, I believe, week one of the college football season. Quarterback, he makes the read, and what do you know, guys? It's an orgy in the end zone. <laughs> Just the way. And what do you know, guys? It's an orgy in the end zone. It's such a ridiculous line that I feel I need to play it again. Quarterback, he makes the read. And what do you know, guys? It's an orgy in the end zone. <laughs> I, I just, uh, I just think, I think both. Listen, whatever. I think, I think, uh, if they can have more fun in the booth, if they want to make sexual references, good on them. Brock Kraft says it doesn't even make sense. I, well, listen, he went viral because he said orgy. He said the words orgy in the middle of a television broadcast. Um, Danny Barnhill says not funny at all, man. Well, you know, well, if you can't laugh at somebody saying orgy in the middle of a football broadcast, then I don't know. Uh, I, I I think you lack generally a sense of humor. But uh, Orlando Jones getting technical with it, saying, "How was that an orgy? You need at least four people." Well, let's count the uh, let's count the amount of bodies in RG three self described end zone orgy, shall we? Quarterback, he makes the read, and what do you know, guys? It's an orgy in the end zone. All right, so there's really only two defenders in the end zone with him, so I guess technically not an orgy. Uh, I suppose a threesome would be the more appropriate comment. I think maybe he got caught up by the fact that one defender was trailing into the shot, looked like he might have been in the end zone, so maybe that was your fourth man. But uh, an orgy, it was not a threesome at that point, I guess. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we don't need to get into uh, – we'll save the Urban Dictionary uh, definitions of orgies, threesomes, and all kinds of other – sexual acts I did I did not think in a professional broadcast setting is you know this is a semi-professional broadcast setting that I would say the word orgy as many times as I have so far tonight but I've, I've enjoyed it as much as RG3 probably did a bit liberating either way it's gonna do it for us tonight live from Buffalo uh radio show 10 to 1 live from Buffalo on 104.5 the zone it's gonna be a great time we hope that you will join us we'll preview the entire every element of the matchup that you need to know about the Titans and the Bills. You'll hear from Coach Mack, Kyle Phillips, Greg Cosell, Mike Vrabel. We're going to have all kinds of good stuff for you. And then, of course, we'll cover the game. Remember, no primetime tomorrow night because, of course, 
I'll be at the stadium and uh, you guys don't don't want to stick around after the game. And certainly, I mean, maybe you would if, if they lost, but uh, I'm going to have press conferences and I'm going to have to write after the game. So no prime time tomorrow night. I'll be back in Nashville on Tuesday and we'll talk about how this thing went. Enjoy the rest of your evening and enjoy the football game. I'll talk to you tomorrow at 10 on 104.5 The Zone. All right, we haven't scored a point since I came in here. I am gone, guys. What? what that's but, it. But we got a couple more questions. No, nope, that's right. it. <laughs> Peace out by the GM. <laughs>